Hello, my wonderful listeners. It's Cece, and welcome to Cece and Friends. Welcome back. Um, so I know it's been a while since I've recorded, which I totally stink. I'm so sorry. I'm flunking at being a podcaster, but I had a lot of screen-free weeks. Woohoo! And I'm also not going to be able to be with Lauren because, I don't know, my mom just said no, which stinks. But, oh well, Lauren's actually sent me a text saying, I saw that you made a podcast episode without me and it made me so sad, but I can't. I'll have to text her later if I'm even allowed to text. But yeah, that's great. At least I'm able to record at least one or two. So, this is going to be the start of something new. (laughs) Sorry for cheesily quoting um high school musical but yes it is going to be a start of something new a new series hopefully i'll just try to do like a series of out of this i'll maybe do two episodes in it today but it's going to be reading my book failures so i love to write i'm an author at heart but one of my flaws is that i can never finish a book and that means this computer is loaded with so many probably like two page stories that I started on Word, Microsoft Word, and then I never ended. And I also have so many notebooks full of stories I'm probably never going to finish. I have one, two, three, four. I think I'm going to take one off to do on a different episode. So I have three stories that I'm going to be doing for you guys today. Um, I have one, two, three, four, five, six ready and a million others on the computer, but I have one on the computer I know I'm going to do and I have, I'm going to choose two from the ones I have here. So I think I'm going to do, okay, sorry for all this noise. (laughs) I have to choose. Um, I should have done that before, but I just thought if I'm going to be making this a series, I'll probably need more books. I shouldn't do them all in one. So the stories I'm going to be doing for this very horrible and cringy episode will be the three stories my what that I call since two of them I don't I didn't even name the Harry Potter copy Michaela Chester pet vet which is super stupid and then I have the Browning story which is also one that I I like I actually like it it's not stupid it's actually an okay story that if I actually put my heart into, I could probably finish. But I was reading, I don't remember what it's called. I was reading the series that was just like it. So yeah, I tend to want to write stories whenever I read books that I really enjoy. So that works out for me. I read a lot. I can read like three chapter books in one day, more than that. But um, that's not what this is about. So Michaela Chester Pet Vet, the Harry Potter copy, And I have the Browning story. Let's get started. So I was just trying to start this, but then I like, oh my gosh, I like flunked. I was so horrible. I was just, I was being so cheesy and horrible. So I just did a blooper for an episode that shouldn't have any bloopers. But yeah, I'm not going to show it to you guys because I accidentally said my full name. Um, So yes. Michaela Chester Pet Vet by me, Cece. That's much better. It is very, very stupid. It is on my computer on Microsoft Word. It has this um, animation, which is so weird. (laughs) 
that I got from online, I guess. Um, it's like this weird looking girl in vet clothes. She looks way too long to be a vet. And she's like, has one hand on this, like, I don't know, this cute dog, sort of cute. It looks kind of weird with this, um, stethoscope, which is bigger than her hand, which is weird, but yeah. So I got chapters one, two, three. I only have two pages one page and a half, and it's the biggest font, like the biggest font that could not make it look weird. So are you ready for this? I'm going to read it to you. So the title of chapter one is Dreams Come True, right? And here we go. Sorry if it's going to cringe to death. This story starts in an 11, almost 12-year-old girl's home, but not any normal girl's home room. This bedroom was decorated top to bottom with posters of animal x-rays, veterinarian tools, and a whole wall of bookshelves, all full with books about animals. Cages with wonderful colored birds sprouted out from the ceiling, and cat towers and dog beds sat in cozy corners with toys and food. That's a lot of pets. A fishbowl was on top of a desk with an iguana's cage beside it. Wow. This room was Michaela Chester's, and it had everything you would need to be a vet obviously. Michaela sat on a swivel stool with her red hair pulled up in a ponytail and a stethoscope wrapped around her neck. I guess I was trying to base her off of the picture, whatever. Her blue eyes were narrowed and thinking, and a thinking look covered her face. A calico, sat, calico cat sat in her lap, staring up at her with deep in thought owner. Michaela had just got the best news. She was getting to help out at Crab Bay's animal vet. Um, but the problem was that she, and that's where it ends, yeah, I did not do very good there, did I? Woohoo! I rock. So I'm gonna move my microphone back really quick, which is gonna be so noisy to you guys. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead. I, I mean, the Harry Potter copy is so long. Like I had like 17 pages. Um, but for one chapter, I guess I was trying to make them long. But it was about, here, I'll read you the idea, like, paragraph. So, London LaRuth is an 11-year-old girl who is living with her great-uncle, great-aunt, and cousin because her parents died when she was young. <laughs> she is chosen by Rimworm Magical School of Secrets to attend for an unknown reason. Yet all magical people know that exactly 182 years ago, the legendary magic keeper, Ramus Fethely, prophesied that the girl of the name London, living with Nears, non-magical people, would be chosen for the school and save it in so many ways. And I even had houses, like the school houses. I had Burksdale, Gretchen Flo, and Crow Wing. And then I'll just read you the very first page, just because y'all need to hear something. I'll, I mean, I guess I could read it all. Yeah, I'll read it all. It, it will, yeah, whatever. So here it is. No four-year-old should have her, have had to hear what orphan London LaRuth did at that young age. Living when her, with her boorish and unloving great-aunt Piggy Chesterfield, great uncle Neptune Chesterfield and cousin Creoly Chesterfield made her life full of discourteous comments and snarky remarks. Yet those remarks never stopped the wholehearted London from trying to love her unpleasant family. The first time London was ever snarked at and actually registered the prospect of they do not like me came on a thunderfield evening where Aunt Piggy scorned upon her princess dancing around the sitting room. Yet this story begins when she was an 11, whenever she was 11 and quite used to the comments and abhorrence. Living on 12 Cribbly Lane was strictly upheld 
life on 12 Kirby Lane was strictly upheld to perfect and proper. For all the houses were clean. One second, moving that down. Similar, and every yard was perfectly scattered with flowers, and every bush, hedge, or tree was trimmed to perfection. The inside of number 12 Cribbly Lane was, in London's opinion, decorated with an old lady feeling and ugly furniture. Yet Aunt Piggy's, quite small, mind was set on the thought that it was wonderfully beautiful and perfectly modern. It was a sunny May morning, and London was sitting in the attic, her room, relishing the quiet before her... One second... Abrasive and loud aunt started yelling at the newscaster on the television. The attic was tiny and dusty, not really much one second, of a bedroom, yet London found the room peaceful, a nice getaway from her family. It had dust-blanketed and termite-bitten hardwood floor, lots of boxes, and many strewn-about items given to the Chesterfields by friends that were only used when those friends came over for a visit. But London only used one small corner of that quite large attic as her own space. Considering the attic was chilly at night, she had chosen the corner containing the heater and covered the old floor in a quilt. She had found a small rickety metal post bed with mattress in the back of the attic and pushed it into the corner. She had also found a bedside nightstand and set it aside the bed, keeping her clothes and trinkets aside of it. Finally, she had a small light bulb hanging from the ceiling along with a pull switch so she could have light at night. London was laying on a pile of moth-eaten blankets and pillows, staring up at the ceiling. A large grandfather clock pushed up against another wall, ticked in, si- in the silence. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. Ugh, that reminds me of a lot of things. Uh, I think my brother's doing something outside the door. Her nutty chestnut and caramel hair was strewn out in all directions, and she had her eyes trained on the clock's hands. The longer one was straight upward, and the shorter one was almost pointing at the Roman numeral six. A few more minutes, and the house would be awake. Dancing, writing, reading the Bible, rereading the scriptures, and writing again, and pacing did not stop her heart from pounding excitedly for a very weird reason. That day was the very first time she was able to go shopping. It was one of her aunt's favorite things to do. I'm probably going to go backwards from saying aunt and aunt, whatever. Favorite things to do. So she had decided to let her niece have a little fun with it too. They had decided on London being able to spend 100 pounds. Yes, I'm also doing it in London, which is very weird. Um, More like everything like Harry Potter for her birthday. Yet she wasn't getting a present for her next three birthdays because of it. A shrill burring made London's heart jump. The alarm clock and the grandfather clock started to dong and bring so London leapt up already dressed in a tea pants and cardigan and raced down the ladder clamorous voices erupt from all around her she skipped down the hall rapping on the doors all while laughing in glee auntie uncle cousin it's my birthday a rather large woman with a sour expression came ambling out of a door with a pink robe on along with pink rollers in her hair shortly followed by a stout old man with grizzly gray hair and a lazy look upon his wide face the old man, London's Uncle Neptune, rapped on the vault the next door down, rumbling, clearly Chesterfield, at this instant young man. A pleasant voice carried out with a happy reply, and a, and a boy came sauntering out. Hello, cousin. Happy birthday. He addressed London with a wide smile. London nodded back to the boy and skipped into the kitchen. London knew he was only acting nice to her because he thought everyone should idolize and adore him, including her herself. London walked into the sunny room, her feet instantly chilling on the tile floor. The cabinets were dark brown along with the table, and in the next room, a large red sofa stretched out in front of a television and a doorway to the office. 
Come on, girl. Start the burner and cook some flapjacks on bacon already. Aunt Piggy ordered immediately, after flopping her large bottom onto the couch and flipping on the telly. She did as she was told and scrambled together the ingredients, her mind flickering with ideas of what to get. Of course, she would have to get as much as she could in her limited amount, for she would ha be having to buy all her clothes for the next three years as well. All 6.30 breakfast at 6.30, breakfast was done, and they were all eating in different spots of the room, as usual. Uncle Nap Neptune sat on the recliner chair with his coffee and pile of bacon. Aunt Piggy sat on the... Aunt Piggy, whatever, sat on the sofa, eating her meal on the low table. Creeley was eating at the table, and so was London. Cousin, so since we're going to be at the same school this year, I was wanting you to choose. Join my fan club, or pretend you don't know me while admiring my awesomeness from a distance. Creeley began, using his hand to part his brown hair out of his eyes. Um, Creeley, word of advice, number one, never ask me that again, and number two, get a haircut, London replied after nearly choking on her bacon in surprise and amusement. London used a, tie, a hair tie from around her olive-colored wrists to scoop her hair up into a ponytail, though it still hung down her back, all the while trying to ignore Creeley muttering, you should get a haircut, under his breath. It took around an hour from the... From for the bunch to get ready and cram into the car, yet at nine o'clock they had reached the store. London was given the money and ran into the store. It was a cheap store of, of the name Foxy and Dress. It, could be, it couldn't be larger than their minuscule backyard, yet every wall was crammed with shirts, shirt, shirts, skirts, jeans, and dresses. For a girl who had only had three outfits in all her life, having a hundred-pound will on, on hand and a million clothes in front of her, well, soon she had already filled her shopping basket. Yet, yeah, one equivocal thing that London soon noticed was a tall, skinny boy with deep blue eyes and curly brown hair was that uh, was staring at her with tinted eyes. But the most peculiar thing was the boy's clothes. As L London wandered over, pretending to observe a price tag, but really studying him, she saw that he was wearing long black robes, a yellow-gray shirt, and yellow pants. The robes had a crest on the upper left area, a crest of golden bird with outstretched wings, um, bearing the letters GF with red, black, and gold thorns weaving out behind the creature. So that is how... One second. That is how Gretchen Flo's um, like crest looks. Um, the boy caught her looking along and with a relieved look, trotted over and gave her a smile. Well, I can't say how happy I am not to have to wait any longer. I'm Arthur Riddle. He put out a hand, and London took it skeptically. <clears throat> Hello, Arthur. I've got to ask, though, why are you acting like you know me? Well, your name is London, isn't it? The boy stated bluntly, as if it had solved the problem. You know, London, the prophesied one? But the bug dug out a small microchip out of his robe pocket and placed it into London's palm, gently closing her fingers over it. Don't lose it. It will answer everything. I mean, I was hoping you could come today, but Headmaster Lithily that this might happen. Oh well, guess I'll see you tomorrow. Blood into where time tolls. Bye. And the boy left the store, leaving London standing alone with a dumbfounded look in her face. They left the store in the next hour, and London found herself lying on her bed, staring at the unusual microchip she was prophesied about. But how Arthur talked to, to her, it sounded as if people believed she would save the world. She couldn't exact help, exactly help, feeling quite baffled, and it was made worse as the grandfather clock told the second hour. And that is where I ended that one. That took a long time to read. And the next one is even longer, I think. No, it's not that long. But it is... One, two, three and a half. Um, 
chapters. So I'm only going to read the first one because it gives you the overall idea of what the book is about. And then um, that'll be it for this episode. So this is the Browning story. Lori, home is a place where the family is, whoa, home is the place where family is. So whatever happens, no matter what, where we are is home. Lori Browning gave her mom another confused look. What was the point of this family meeting? The last five minutes, her parents had been saying things like, God has a wonderful plan for us, and we have each other, and that's all we need. They were all good messages, but the overall meaning of it was blurry. It seemed her siblings thought so, too. Davy, her twin, gave Lori a funny look. Finally, Sam, the oldest sibling, being 13, spoke up. Sorry to interrupt, but where is this leading? She asked, her head tipped to the side. Their parents showed a hopeful look and then turned to them to face the five children. Well, their mom started, hugging Bimby, the one-year-old, to her chest. We are going to move. Lori gasped and Lucy ran off. Karen closed her eyes and hugged her guitar close while Davy and Sam sat stiff. Oh, her, mo- her mom's eyes lowered and her, her mom's eyes lowered. That's confusing. I wrote, her mom's eyes lowered her eyes <laughs> and her hopeful look disappeared. Now, this is going to happen, no changing that, but if we are happy about it, it won't seem that bad, her dad said sternly. All the children looked at their dad and sighed. Why? Lori whispered, scooting between the old couch's cushions. I got a new job, honey. It's a good opportunity for us all. Change is is what we need. Her mom whispered back from the rocking chair by her. Whoa, computing. Confusing, I mean. (laughs) Cradling, now sleeping Bimby in her lap, she rested her hand on her daughter's knee. It's okay to cry, Lori, honey, she added (laughs) with a smile. Oh my gosh, this is so cheesy. Lori blinked and wiped away her tears. No need, she exhaled. (laughs) Her mom looked happier than ever. Good. God has a plan, and if that's us leaving Seal Ridge, then onward, her mom said to them all. All the kids crowded around mom and gave her a hug. It was then when Lori noticed that her dad wasn't there anymore. Where's dad? She asked. He went to find Lucy. She didn't take well to the news. Her mom replied, her face turning concerned. Lori sighed and nodded. Will we bring all my instruments? Karen asked from the grand piano on the far living room wall. Every single one except for the piano, honey. It's too big. Lauren puckered her lips and ran a hand over the keys. Lori plopped back down onto the couch. What about my books? She said worriedly. Well, Yes, we will. We're bringing everything except for the furniture and bed sheets. Sam clapped her hands and hugged Lori close. Room change, she squealed. Lauren smiled and noted her sister's happiness. Why did she note it? That's weird. Sam began asking questions like when, where, and what they were moving, but Lori just tuned it out. He quietly walked out of the room and up the stairs to her room. She stared with Davy. Pictures of her and her friends covered the area around her loft bed and her bookshelves were full of her favorite books she sat oh gosh she sat under her bed on her desk chair and pulled out her diary dear diary we are moving i can't believe it i never thought we would leave seal ridge karen sam and davy are all excited but lucy and i are super sad how is karen happy she's only eight i'm 11 and i'm worried lucy's only six so i understand but me i never want to leave not happy lori when she finished, Rex, her Siberian cat, jumped on her lap and started purring. Down the hall, she heard Lucy talking to her dad and some laughing from downstairs. But maybe her mom was right. Home was where they were, and that would never change, no matter where they were. So, yeah, that was chapter one. So, basically, kids moving and you know, all that normal stuff. Well, um, that was it for this story fails. Um... I hope you guys enjoyed. Not that you would. Those were horrible. 
But yeah, um, five, I guess. Go listen to Lauren Does It All, <laughs> uh, my best friend's podcast. But yes. Oh, announcement. Um, I'm going to be going back to the States. Um, possibly, probably, like most likely because of a wedding. But um, I'm going to be hopefully going back to the States. Not exactly hopefully. I know I am have to keep that mindset um and while I'm there I'm going to be going to see Lauren again and so in the next year I will have more episodes with Lauren in person so that rocks but yeah bye hope you enjoyed